Okay, okay. So first you do one E4, and then E5 responds as equanimity, and you have the beginning of the chess game. And the next piece that you want to move is the fact that your brain is broken and you don't realize what actual year it is. I'm Gary Kasparov. Welcome to the new chess. <laughs> Live from Moscow, it's Gary Kasparov. <laughs> That's the loading to his, like, chess uh, Honey, I, I thought Gary was on uh, next week. Well, actually, according to Gary, next week is today. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve, along with the other Steve. Joregelt. And Ryan. If we didn't get that countdown wow. perfect before we started, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Also, that was the most violent opening you've ever done. What was that? Is that like, are you Shasta like, pineapple. This, were you having World War II flashbacks? Is it a German soda? What yeah. are you doing over there? It's a Tashanka from a Russian MRE. <laughs> By the way, shout out to, uh, what is his name? Uh, Steve MRE Info, the guy on YouTube that eats oh, all the expired yeah. MREs. Oh, that yeah. guy is the best. I'm going to look his name up because shout out. To our five I, listeners, I, I think it's funny that I, Steve sure 1989 only... MRE info, yeah, the best. I think the only ones that have ever gotten him sick were modern ones, like he eats some that are like a hundred years old. Yeah, he eats like the Eastern European ones, which are the most disgusting looking. Yeah, but he's the, like the Chinese he's actually, ones, pretty bad. Yeah, he's like these actually hold up though. It's like what? <laughs> it looks like shit. Well, it's just like salted meat. So I had a spaghetti and meatball one that I got from a buddy of mine. And I mean, I've definitely tasted worse food. Wow, it was bad. It was fucking horrific. Yeah. Uh, How much money do we spend in the military to give them this shit? I mean, because they I mean, because they eat for sustenance. They're not there to eat like, you know, it's not for pleasure. That's that's only in the field, too. It's like if you're on base. Oh, yeah. Mess is probably not that bad. They, they have like they have Burger King and, and McDonald's. I, t- I totally agree, but I mean they they're gonna do whatever's utilitarian. Yeah. Oh my God! This all these beer. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh jeez! Oh man! Oh jeez! <laughs> oh jeez, Rick. Uh, oh, I I used to be able to do it. I can't do it anymore. It's too problematic. <laughs> So much like of, our uh, cartoons, much like our continuing subject, and also also <laughs> cartoon. Speaking of Rick flamenco. and Morty, let's talk about the great flamenco. Let's talk yeah, about what the, year it really is. What dimension are we living in? Um. So, Anatoly Flamenco, who we who we talked about his uh, his theories last time, as well as some other sort of alternate um, timeline uh, chronology uh, theories by by certain authors. Um, we, we sort of have his that he sort of claims that uh, most of what we know as ancient history is actually um, uh, Russian history, but but the but all the details have been been changed as part of like a Western uh, plot to, to sort of diminish the, the role of Eastern Europe on the world stage. Yeah. Are they saying that we kind of said that he was a, a lunatic and a nut job to make them lose face like that? Well, you got saying, it. Yeah, <laughs> he's basically saying the United States did their thing. Did the United States pulled a United States and basically threw salt into Eastern Europe? Well, it, it's older than that because essentially what he's saying is that since like the 1500s, 
um, that that sort of like Western historians and and Catholic officials and such have been falsifying um, history in order to meet their own political ends. The Catholics, I totally believe. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, not the not the people who follow the religion, but the church itself. Oh yeah, hundred percent. At least fifty percent of the people who follow the religion. Yeah. No, I mean yeah. like because they'll just follow. Yeah, the fifty cent that will follow the, the dictum 50%. like verbatim. Yeah. yeah. Those those like tradcath weirdos. Yeah, exactly. They got the salise around their hip all day long. Well, there because there's like this whole movement of like weird right-wing people who are converting to, uh, like, Catholicism yep. because they don't believe, like, uh, even even um, evangelical churches are going far enough, so they're, they're converting over to Roman Catholicism and then they're just going, like, hard into the paint of, like... <laughs> I go crazy. hard in the motherfucking paint! Whoop, whoop! <laughs> Oh, and, and there was there was one guy uh, that they like to make fun of on uh, Chapo Trap House a lot named uh, Rod Dreher, and I believe he con- he converted to uh, Orthodoxy because he felt the Catholic Church was becoming too uh, too liberal. What? And then he got and, <laughs> and then he got real upset when um, when like the Orthodox Church, like I think the Greek Orthodox Church, started like taking a lighter stance on like homosexuality. That's always the big thing, right? It's always like the big three, like homosexuals, abortions, abortions. yeah, and fucking raping yogurt. little boys. Yogurt. Oh, I'm see, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, that's too, yeah. But but Rod <laughs> actually like believes in demonic possession and stuff like that. Oh, so, so he's he's. I mean, sorry, he's <laughs> mentally challenged. I'm sorry, yeah, he's, he's mentally challenged. Holy shit! The hard R. Ray, this is now NSFW. I know. I gotta. I, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna bleep myself. I, Steve, I, this ain't this ain't come town. You can't talk like. I know. I deliver. I deliver. Dog, try not do a to come drop town those words. I, can I come hard on that. But you know, when someone tells me that they buy into uh, uh, any kind of like possession shit or like uh, mythical evil, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I mean, it's just you have a to fucked be, up person. Yeah. That's all it is. You have to be hard R in that instance. Like you have to be, and I don't mean it in like the legitimate handicap you're just so fucking dumb you have to be called that you're, with the hard uh, we'll just use the word broke brain because it's a Cause, good one because another another person that believes Smooth in that too brain. is uh is a uh, uh, man cow the uh mueller the shock jock. really yeah oh my yeah, god he's, he's big idiot. into like he, he's like a born-again christian i think or well, yeah. something like that of course like, he is because smoother than a fucking of, cor- of course he's a born-again because because he's probably lost all of his friends so he has to turn somewhere <laughs> for social uh, relationships so as we talked about, you know, obviously Fomenko's um, ideas were, were not very popular within the Soviet Union, but as Glasnost and Perestroika begin happening, you know, the censorship is lightening up in the Soviet Union and sort of during this period in the 80s and 90s, you get sort of these like crazier people who are allowed to like go on TV and, and talk about these things, which a lot of people generally consider to be like th- that they're like a joke. But it also has the problem, too, is that when you have, like, weirdos on, on TV uh, repeatedly just to make fun of them, you know, some of the people watching begin to think, like, hey, maybe this guy's, you know, onto something. Are we talking about America right now? Well, the same thing that's sort of happening in, in America uh, right now and, and sort of, like, in, in the build-up to now is sort of happening um, or, or happened in, in Russia in the 90s. So we're just um, 30 years behind them. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're we're catching up. We you know, saw what happened, like, and we still were just like, "Yo, hold my beer. We can do it." Better we're like than the you. Japanese music scene. We're we're about like a couple <laughs> decades behind in terms of trends, but we're catching up. Um, but the person who did uh, popular uh, popularize uh, Fomenko was uh, Gary Kasparov, who who we mentioned last episode. Yeah, the chess guy. Um, so because of him of Kasparov writing in support of uh, Fomenko's ideas in his magazine, which was called uh, Ogoniok. I, I'm not sure if it's still in extant, um, but uh, Kasparov writes about uh, Fomenko, and he sort of likes Fomenko's ideas because he sort of agrees with some of Fomenko's uh, conclusions, which is which sort of like leads into this being part of like a bigger tent of like Russian nationalism and, and conspiracy mm-hmm. um, because he also thinks that the dark ages didn't exist. And he doesn't really believe the narrative that like after the collapse of the Roman empire, um, that the sort of like art and culture had like sort of like died down until the Renaissance. Okay. Okay. So first you do one E4 <laughs> and then E5 responds as equanimity and you have the beginning of the chess game. And the next piece that you want to move is the fact that your brain is broken and you don't realize what actual year it is. I am Gary Kasparov. Welcome to the new chess. <laughs> Live from the- Moscow, it's <laughs> Gary Kasparov. <laughs> that's, that's the loading to his like chess. Uh, Honey, game. I thought Gary was on uh, next week. Well, actually, according to Gary, next week is today. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> It's that, uh, it's that, uh, trouble. You no, know, folks, guy. he has a weird accent, too. It's, it's like, uh, try hard English, Russian, like, tinge. He so also like, has a weird spelled first name because it's almost supposed to be one R, but if I remember correctly, it's spelled with two. He's fucking yeah, it's weird. actually, I think it's G E R R, isn't it? You, uh, no, it's G A. It's G, it's definitely so G A R Y, but like, there's an extra R, so like G A R R Y. He's like trying to church it up. There's a uh, there's a Russian wrestler who was uh, she was adopted as a child from Russia. Yeah. Like I, I think she was adopted around six, and she grew up in New Jersey. Like so, she learned English in New Jersey. So she has like the weirdest mix of like a Russian and New Jersey accent. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah that's. <laughs> so, that's like, I, I don't even know how to kind of do that. I don't even know how to do that. He's he's called out. Get primo hoagie. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> yeah, God, I don't know I, I'm paid. If you are anywhere from Eastern Europe, but you grew up in New Jersey, please email the show at the trilateraltroika at gmail.com. We would love to listen to you just talk. I mean, I you could just you just talk to half my family. <laughs> They're all dead now. Listening. All, all the ones that that spoke it are dead. But like, uh, oh my Northern, God. So what do Northern you want to do? You New Jersey. Yeah, let's do it because that's real. Uh, Nor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Northern New Jersey is like at least at least eight percent Hungarian. Are you saying like, John Edwards was a fucking fraud? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. He was on the Sci-Fi Channel. Listen, Steve. I play with cards all day long. I have listened to so many lectures about magic and all that stuff. I know you're being funny, but like on a serious tip, there's no such thing. There's no such thing let's, as psychics. Let's let's stop None. this direction before None. we get canceled. There's no such out. thing, Steve. <laughs> before before the the spiritualists uh, stay a while us. and listen. 
You're not going to be able to show your face in Casadega anytime soon, Steve. They're going to uh, run you out of town. Hey, as someone who says all that, that there's no such thing, I have like six tarot decks sitting right up above my head right now on the shelf. <laughs> so like, I think it's I think it's entertaining, but to put any faith or stock or make any decisions based on what these schmucks say, fuck that. No such thing. And one of the reasons, too, that, that Kasparov feels uh, feels this way is because he feels that, that it doesn't make sense that uh, the Byzantine Empire, which which is really the Eastern Roman Empire, yep. that they didn't sort of, like, build up um, sort of like that meme of, like, if the Roman Empire had never collapsed, where we, where we would be scientifically. Um, he sort of thinks it that way um, because uh, the... Cause the Eastern Roman Empire sort of like collapses over time, um, and he says because they they would have needed the the technologies which they did have some advanced things that we don't even know how to make today like Greek fire, um, they 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 just sort of collapsed due to corruption which he's sort of ignoring. Um, they they did away with their army because they were too afraid of having uh, the the Roman tradition of a general doing a coup d'état and becoming the next emperor, and they mostly relied on mercenaries and it, it didn't really pay off in the long run. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, Kasparov doesn't really uh, support um, the the sort of like the the reconstruction uh, part of the new chronology, but since it's close enough to what he believes in, that that he also like sort of gives him a soapbox. See, that's just that's sad. So he's like the Joe Rogan of the new chronology, then. Oh, yeah. Jesus okay. Christ. Yeah. He is. He's a uh, pla- he platforms people who have bad messages. Oh yeah. No no no. You're not wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying like Jesus Christ. It just hit me. So there is a uh, an author who wrote about sort of like the birth of, of sort of like this weird Russian uh, nationalism movement named Konstantin uh, Sheiko. And, and he said of Fomenko, Fomenko and his allies are unrepentant, noting that the Mongolian, Turkic, and Ukrainian peoples are sadly mistaken in the delusion that they were ever anything other than elements of the Russian horde. Um, and... And among a, a lot of other uh, critics, uh, Fomenko is, is sort of like an embarrassment and, and a sort of a, a potent symbol of like how far uh, Russian academia has fallen and, and also society as well um, during the, the sort of um, the calamity of the collapse of the Soviet Union. He's the Jordan Peterson of the Soviet Union. You know, uh, if you just is, clean is, up your room, there's I need to leave. <laughs> I need to leave now because my meat swells are getting through the department and people are upset. <laughs> They're upset about the meat funk from my weird diet. Shout out to whoever is the kid that was on the University of Toronto campus that was super gluing uh, Jordan Peterson's <laughs> door locks closed every fucking afternoon. Yo, <laughs> big ups yeah, to you. People don't like me because I speak the truth about meat and meat, the meatitarian diet. <laughs> all, all I have to say, though, is that... Carl it, Jung once said that beef was the gateway to salvation. <laughs> <laughs> that if Fomenko did develop a benzo addiction, he wouldn't have to travel as far to be put in a medically induced coma. Bingo. To get him off it because he was unwilling to go to rehab and Fucking do the work. Bingo. So, like, I, I'm not sure that benzos are addictive. You you ha- you can develop a tolerance to them that is unfucking believable and we I won't talk about my experience with it on the podcast because it was fucking probably the scariest point of my life. But uh, you uh, you don't, I don't think you get like a de- like a, a uh, need to take them. So he was just <clears> popping <throat> these things, and I'm gonna do, I'm gonna be honest. I take them every day. You can and absolutely become addicted to benzos, just so you know. That's weird to me, because like the one effect that benzos have is you don't feel anything. 
Like you just like your anxiety's gone. Yeah, it's, it's a all desperation. Thing, you you feel so much better uh, if you have anxiety. Like so, I take them as needed. But like, yeah, a lot of it's long term, uh, like daily chronic use. So like, um, without a going couple, too, after a couple months, you will have a physical addiction for it. Yeah, I know you can develop a physical dependence on them because that happened to me. But I didn't know. But you don't feel it until you stop taking them. Correct. And then and then it's like it's not producing like a profound effect. So I'm thinking about like. That's Jordan how addiction Peterson. independence work. You don't really feel it until you stop taking them, and then you realize, oh fuck, I need to keep taking this. I'm going to be mad. But here's sick. a guy. Here's a guy who's going around telling other people how they should feel about life and and like things that they should do, and he's not having any emotions really because oh, he's on right, heavy benzos. Oh yeah, because he's on heavy <laughs> benzos. He's not feeling anything. Also, before that was when he said that he uh, that that he had like a he practically had like a stroke from eating from drinking like ginger ale. Like oh my god. Wait, what? He, he's like, like he he talked about it like it was like drinking like battery acid or something. <laughs> Why was he? Wait, how much how ginger ale was he not. drinking that he was giving himself a fucking stroke? It was like, like the cannot just, just cruise well, past this. Well, that was that was also because he was on his uh, meat only diet. I, I think he was only drinking water or something, but he was just subsisting entirely on. He's doing this on, stupid like, fucking carnivore meat. diet. That dumb shit that just like instantly gives your body diarrhea because it's not right. Yeah, no, <laughs> you ain't supposed to be doing that shit. No. No, there's We're not a person in the world that hasn't been on Joe Rogan that wants you to like do that at all. I guess Rogan did it for like the last month or whatever again because he has millions of dollars and can afford to go to the doctor when he dies when he's day. dying from it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, it's awful. In uh two thousand four at the uh Moscow International Book Fair uh, Fomenko and his co-author uh, Gleb uh, Nozovsky. Gleb. Uh, they were. Yeah, Gleb. <laughs> Gleb. That sounds like a Linux command. <laughs> they were. Uh, his his books. Gleb were the root. <laughs> sounds were, like a material uh, or an element we're going to discover when uh, aliens finally come down here to Earth. The atomic it, charge is going to be expanded. <laughs> the next, the, the very next one to be added is going to be the Gleb. <laughs> the Gleb. <laughs> You're not wrong. It, they they were awarded a, a a sort of anti prize which was called the the Ebzats, which uh, literally means a paragraph in Russian, but it's a slang word for a disaster fiasco. Um, okay. I thought you said oblast, and I was like, oh, is this is this nobody? <laughs> and um, it was it was given um, and the or the title Obshack. of the Obshack, that's what it was the, the Obshack, yeah. Mm. Was the uh, the certificate of dishonor, or um, whereas it would literally be translated uh, respectable illiteracy uh, for the worst book published in Russia? <laughs> How are you going to write a book called respectable illiter? You know what? Never mind. Never mind. No, this is what the prize is considered. Oh, so okay. it's it's like a it's sort of saying that like his book is so bad that okay. they gave him this prize. Oh, okay. Um, so it's that like, what's that? Yeah. What's that one sci-fi award that they give out? That, they give uh, the Razzies. Razzies. No, it's, I know it's not the sci-fi award you're talking about, but are you, they have are you talking the about a Nebula award. No, is it a Nebula? No, I don't think it's a Nebula. Is it for like the worst science fiction? Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. That's all right. No worries. Um, so, all of, even though um, e- even though he has these critics, um, it, it's still popular in some circles, which which is generally like how these things 
tend to go. Uh, they, uh, the, the, his main critics, uh, obviously, you know, accuse him of, of altering uh, data to improve the, the sort of correctness of his uh, correlations, um, and that he violates a, he also violates a key rule of statistics um, by selecting matches from the historical record which support his chronology while ignoring others um, that do not. So he, he's just sort of like cherry picking through the record, which, which we talked about um, to, to sort of like make his argument. Okay. Um, so the dean of the Department of History of Moscow State University in December 1999 uh, gave a critical analysis of it um, titled The Myths of the New Chronology. Okay. Um, one of the one of the archaeologists who was on the board that that sort of like went through and gave this analysis of it, uh, Valentin uh, Yanin, um, he compared uh, Fomenko's work to uh, quote unquote the sleight of hand trickery of a David Copperfield. Really? I mean, that's uh, okay. Um, and then another. <laughs> why do you sound so? Why do you sound so upset about that? Because David Copperfield does like does physical magic. Anatoly Fomenko is just a fucking conspiracy theorist. Yeah, that's true. He is an illusionist. Like, but they're what both, he's doing is not real. If you think about he, it, they're both, they're both bullshit artists, right? <laughs> just in different what if, calibers. Okay. I'll what if he one. was talking about the David Copperfield of Charles Dickens? Ah. And a linguist on the board. Uh, so, not Andre, the guy who walked through the Great Wall of China. <laughs> What? <laughs> you, you don't remember when David Copperfield walked through quote unquote air walked through the Great Wall of China? You can't do you can't do max karate noises when you're telling me about this stuff. Right? This isn't fucking always sunny over here. I, I I do love the uh that that the trick that David Copperfield pulled with making the Statue of Liberty disappear. Was to convince the world he didn't exist. <laughs> was was, to was just, just spin a the stage. It was a spinning stage. <laughs> You don't even have the same buildings behind you as when you closed the curtain. It was fucking great. Oh, man. You were he like, at one point, you were looking worst. at Manhattan, and then, like, you spun the stage in the next minute. You were, like, looking at the Bronx. Uh, it was um, so bad. Oh, and, and a linguist on the board, Andre uh, uh, Zalsniak, um, he... He said that he essentially says that Fomenko uh, doesn't actually prove any sort of correspondence uh, between, you know, ancient Egyptian pharaohs and, and French kings in, in any way, other than just like comparing numbers and just going, eh? 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 <laughs> eh? <laughs> I love that. Eh? Um, eh? Uh, who's that, uh, uh, who's that one comedian that does that? He talks about like how his dad says that all the time. Uh, it's like a it's like a Midwest thing. I can't remember his name now. Yeah. I'll figure it out. I'll figure Louis it Anderson? out. And I'll jump out. No, no, Yo, Louis Anderson. Now rest way. in peace. Yo, but uh, Louis Anderson, fantastic stand up. Have you ever seen his stand up? Hilarious, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. he was F's really good on uh, baskets. I want to watch that show. Ever since he died, I've made it a uh, priority now. I want to definitely check that out. He did a good stand-up on, uh, I can't believe this is happening, uh, years ago on Comedy I Central. thought you were going to say, I can't believe it's not butter, and I was going to be like, that's no, me. No, no, it's a, it's a real show where they get, like, a bunch of comedians to go in and tell, like, a quick, like, 10, 15-minute story about, like, something that actually happened in their life that is pretty funny. Oh, yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen the Joey Diaz ones, and, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. so he did yeah. one of those, it was really good. Oh, I can never remember this guy's name. 
name. Anyway, go ahead, Steve. Sorry. Um, a, a former uh, history, uh, Russian history professor at Harvard and Princeton, and, and also the Librarian of Congress from 1987 to 2015, uh, James Billington, um, <coughs> sort of uh, was, was one of the first to really uh, frame uh, Fomenko's work within the context of the political movement called Eurasianism. Um, so, Eurasianism... Hugh Fink, by the way, that's the name of the comedian. Hugh Fink. Sorry. <laughs> so good. I had to look so, at I had to look at my Napster folder. Fuck. Jesus fucking Christ, bro. <laughs> I have like a Napster folder. I'm gonna get in trouble if I say it, so I'm just gonna shut up. I mean, I have MP3s on my computer that are from the Napster days that have been transferred from like yeah. computer to MP3. I feel like computer, I feel like there's so. like a a uh, you know what is it a um. There's a time frame that's passed where it's not illegal anymore. I literally have MP3s that are older than some people that could potentially listen to this. <laughs> uh. Well, you know, it's uh, if it, like that message from Bill Clinton. If you delete it within 24 hours, you know it's not illegal. Oh, Wait, man. what? My wife's there, story with that. Uh. That was Why there, you make there that was an executive a, order. It was it was like an old like sort of like internet. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe it. I. I, I just, just sort of like a rumor or something that someone put on like a ROM website saying that as long as you deleted the ROMs within 24 hours or whatever, it was it was legal. That's but it hilarious. wasn't. It wasn't really it, it, real. Yeah. Well, that's what my uh, my wife was playing. I forget what it was now. I think it might have been like Chrono Trigger. I think it was Chrono Trigger. Yeah. And she was uh, and she got that warning and she thought that like she only had 24 hours to play it, so she stayed up all night playing Chrono Trigger. My fucking god! <laughs> it's the cutest thing. That's amazing. Uh, so Eurasianism is is a movement that that sort of begins in the 1920s. Um, uh, one of the the foremost uh, sort of supporters of it is is a, a Prince Nikolai uh, Trubetskoy, um, who was an expert in linguistic uh, morphology. Prince Mitch Trubisky. Um, and Eurasianism sort of goes into this sort of um, belief in, in sort of like a pan-Slavic uh, unity. Because a lot of the Slavic languages are, are mutually intelligible, um, usually when written down. Like, for instance, um, someone, like, if a, if a Serbian spoke... Wait, 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 wait. Are we saying that, like, Russian or uh, Cyrillic, whatever they want to call it, is roughly similar to, like, Western European languages? Or, like... No, other, other Slavic languages. Uh, so okay. like Polish, common okay. um, Slovak. Okay. They, they all share a common thing, like, sort of like uh, Spanish and Portuguese. Right, yes, okay. Um, and, and much like... Uh, it, it differs between them, but, like, for instance, usually uh, they can all uh, sort of comprehend the written form of the language, but if they were speaking to each other, it wouldn't be uh, as intelligible. It's much like English. If you just write it down, you can have no problem speaking or communicating with someone <clears throat> from England proper. However, if you try to talk to these people, the fucking <laughs> things that they say that come out of their you don't understand what just happened. <laughs> hey, kids. How big is he? Ah, how big is he? Hey, kids. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate pikeys. <laughs> their slang is just out of control. Yeah. Um, so the the movement uh, that sort of comes out of this uh, posits that Russian civilization does not belong within the European category, um, which, which borrows from from some earlier uh, thinkers on the subject, um, and that it sort of belongs in its own Eurasian uh, category. 
It should. Uh, and they it should. And they also found that the October Revolution, which put the Bolsheviks in power and created the Soviet Union, was was sort of like a a necessary reaction to the modernization of Russian society. Um, so they believed that eventually, over time, the Soviet uh, Union would evolve into a a new national identity of non-European Orthodox uh, Christian government um, and would sort of um, lose the, the internationalism that comes with communism and uh, the militant atheism of the early Soviet Union. Okay. Um, because the Eurasianists all oppose this, because um, you'll note one of the, the big members of it uh, was actually a prince. Um, so, so he wasn't too big on the uh, the Bolsheviks. Purple rain. <laughs> um, and these uh, Eurasianists also criticize anti-Bolshevik um, uh, organizations, uh, believing Why? that the. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me why. Tell, tell me because why. why. Because they believe and that this know. this change was going to happen within the Soviet Union. And that they needed to be more directed towards capitalizing on that as opposed to trying to overthrow uh, the Bolsheviks. Hmm. Fair. I'll um, take it. So this I'll causes a rift within the emigre community Solid. Um, of, of certain emigres who, who oppose the Eurasianists because of their, uh, their, their opposition to people uh, opposing the Soviet Union. Um, and, and they would, and they would also categorize things such as the persecution of the Orthodox Church um, early on in the in the Soviet Union's history as, as sort of uh, uh, problems that were just coming with the, uh, the the revolution that was going on. All right. <clears throat> um, so a lot of these uh, Eurasianists, um, they... Eurasianists, <laughs> would you call me? <laughs> <laughs> it does sound insulting, doesn't it? It's, it does. Um, I mean, no, to be fair, to be fair, as a side, fair. sidebar, sidebar. To, if you say Asia, the first if I tell you somebody is Asian, the first thing that you think of is not a Russian. The first thing that you think of is not somebody from India or Pakistan. The first thing you think of is somebody of classic Asian descent, like with the eye folds and things like that. Yeah, you stere- I feel you like, stereotype. Yeah, I, but so uh, in that vein, I feel like, and you know, everybody does it. Don't even try to sit. Don't even fucking try to sit there and say you don't, because every single. I mean, I really don't. You know, I mean. But yeah, mm-hmm. but so I feel like <laughs> there should be more of a distinction than just <laughs> Asia. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I like, mean, I kind the, of agree with being like, hey, like you're not Asian, you're Slavic. Like, I, 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 I kind of agree with that distinction, not yeah. on a like a nationalistic level, but more on a just for like a distinction level. Maybe. I could see some people needing that. Um. So. <coughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? That was him throwing. He was throwing up from your take. He didn't like it. He he disliked your take so much. My takes are super spicy. What can I say? There's nothing wrong with that take. I think it was. I I made the mistake of using my uh, my teeth whitening mouthwash before we started, so I couldn't drink for thirty minutes. Everybody, fucking, you know, you put that shit in. The the fluoride kicks in, and that's it. I use that shit, and then I get out and do a shot of fucking OJ right out the shower. Let's go. <laughs> I read about, I, speaking of, like, uh, uh, dental health, there's there's some kind of uh, toothpaste. It's um, nano-hydroxypatite, and apparently 
you can remineralize your teeth with it and it's it's like not pushed heavily in the US but like it's really heavily used in Europe so I'm going to try it out uh, it's yeah people swear by it like they say they use it they start brushing their teeth with it and they go to the dentist and the dentist is like what happened like <laughs> why is your, why do your teeth look normal again like what, a, what the fuck is last going on you, here last time you came here your teeth looked like an average Brit now they actually look hmm. normal what's going and on I, you know I don't I, I'm super skeptical and cynical so like I looked into it for like a few days before deciding to just take the take the uh, the jump so to speak take the leap and, is it uh, sold over here? Or do you have to buy it like on? Yeah, Amazon you can get it. You can get a, You can get on Amazon, and you, it, they sell it at like Target and shit too. Oh really? Yeah, it's like the it's like the alternative to Florida's uh, fluoride, but people say you <laughs> use it in combination with fluoride. So like, you brush with this one day, you brush with fluoride the next day, that kind of thing. Really? It's, uh, it's yeah. Florida's alternative to, or, or it's the alternative to Florida's dental care. Plan, I'm gonna be is... honest with you, Steve. I wouldn't be <laughs> fucking surprised if dental care was solved like 30 years ago, and that we're just not gonna get it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that would I, not even surprise. I wouldn't would not raise t- my eyebrows. I'd be like, okay, figures. I love my dentist. He's a great guy. If you need a dentist in the Orlando area, please email me. He's f- fucking fantastic. A little expensive, but he's he's worth it. But they're all ripoffs. Like get out of here. There's got to be something. Got to be. Um. So as as this sort of like uh, Eurasianist movement is going on in the 20s, um, some of them are uh, some emerge that are pro-monarchist. Um, which one of them was called the the Malodrosi. Um, yeah. And and eventually what happens is <laughs> I got some cousins lot- that are Malodrosi. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is that the the Soviet the the, the Soviet Union uh, sort of uh, tricks um, a bunch of these uh, Eurasianists to go <laughs> tricks them to to going to a um, to to sort of like going to a a fake meeting of Eurasianists in Russia. Jesus what? Christ, dude. Why is that so, in Russia? Why is that so funny to me? Uh, we fucking got you. Oh, we got your nose. Hey, look at this. Oh, we got your nose. We got your um, nose. <laughs> look at my thumb. I can take it off my hand. Hey. And while, while this wasn't a, like, uh, sort of like the boat, the, the police, like, boat scam or the uh, right. the uh, the Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> yeah, you the, the won Washington a free boat. <laughs> you won a free boat. <laughs> oh, God. Which, which, if you want to watch a good thirty for thirty, the one on the uh, the, the the fake Washington Redskins tickets that they use to get in all the uh, the the fugitives. Oh really? <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that one. I have to check that out. Where they 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 invite them all and they like sit down in this room and they're like it's like all of our winners and they're all like cheering and then they're like you're going to jail <laughs> <laughs> and then they were they were talking about how crazy it was because none of them were armed except for there was a guy that was in a uh, he was like in a, a mascot outfit oh no He's and, a f- and he he had a gun was but he a it wasn't like he could he could grab for it oh okay that's funny. So, but even though they're not like thrown into the gulag, the fact that they find out that like the the Soviet Union has has sort of like infiltrated their organization and is and is using them in this way, right? Um, it causes it causes them to become discredited. Um, and by 1929, uh, most Eurasianists uh, stop um, sort of like publishing their their newsletters, and and the community sort of dies out. 
Um, but what happens is, is that during the reign of Stalin, there, there's a, a man named Lev uh, Gumilev, um, who he becomes sort of like the founder of the neo-Eurasianist movement. Um, and he uh, and he was also quoted as saying, um, I am the last of the Eurasianists. So he, he wore that shit like a badge then. He, like, a lot of what he does, too, uh, there's a very good book on, on sort of, like, this this vein of, like, Russian, uh, like, political ideology of Eurasianism. It's called uh, White Snow, Black Wind. And, and it's just sort of about, like, the rise of this sort of, like, fascist uh, segment of Russian society that has, like, the ear of, like, Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he sort of comes onto the field and he originally comes up with a lot of his ideas while he's in the gulag. And then when he's let out of the gulag in the sixties, he begins like publishing them because while he's in the gulag, he obviously doesn't have access to any, any books or anything like that. So a lot of his theories are just made up from like his own, like imagination of just thinking about these things. Okay. Um, and so he, the main facet of his belief, which is which is obviously very controversial, is he believes that there is this thing called uh, passionarity, um, which is which is sort of a um, in in ethnogenesis that each sort of ethnic group has its own like set amount of of energy, um, and that if they don't like get rid of this energy or, or they get rid of this energy by like conquering and then they become passive and then they sort of build up this energy, um, over time. I, I believe he, he mostly credits it to like the sun. What is this like fucking Trump thinking that everybody has a limited amount of energy, like a fucking battery. It's, it's kind of like that, but on like a, a massive, like ethnic scale. Jesus Christ. Um, so he, he essentially said, you know, that, that the nomadic migrations that rocked the great steppes of Eurasia for centuries um, were, uh, which, you know, cause the, this were not caused by geological factors such as, um, um, such as like having to go find like new sources of, of, of materials. He says it was because of uh, solar uh, uh, radiation, which determined the area of grasslands that could be used for grazing livestock. Um, so as part of this, um, that according to his ideas, as the sh- as the the steppe shrank, the nomads of Central Asia began moving to the fertile pastures of of Europe or China. Okay. Um, he and with with passionarity, um, he sort of has this thing that where um, that every ethnic group um, goes through these uh, goes through the cycle of birth, development, uh, climax, inertia. Uh, convolution and memorial, mm. as he as he calls the steps, and he thinks this happens with every ethnic group. Yes, um, and he's he's sort of considering that like the people of what is modern day, or I should say, of what was then the Soviet Union, um, because this is like one of the reasons why um, you, you know the Russia is is always like pushing into uh, former members of the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Um, is because of like this belief, you know, that that these sort of like fascists, uh, they they use this as an excuse, saying, you know, well they they're just they're just deluded. They were always, you know, that they're Russians. All right. Well, I guess the Irish are on our way out because we climaxed in 1759 when we invented Guinness. I guess the Irish are on our way out. No, dude, the Irish produced fucking Ronnie Drew and. Uh... <laughs> 
that's 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 definitely better than Guinness. I mean, fair, but nobody knows about Ronnie Drew. Everybody knows Guinness. Dude, if you don't know about Ronnie Drew, you're not really interested in Ireland. That's all I gotta say about <laughs> it. Ronnie Drew is the one of the greatest fucking folk singers of all time. Fucking amazing. You're, you're gonna have to put your your badge and your gun on the desk, Ryan. You've just been just you just lost your your Irish status. No, he knew, <laughs> he knew who he knew who Ronnie Drew was. How did, why are you punishing him? Stop pretending to be Russia. Don't trick. Don't don't trick Ryan. Don't trick Ryan into the gulag. How the fuck? What would it? What would be the equivalent of an Irish gulag? I don't understand. Like a why, bad pub. For a second there, I thought he said he didn't know who. Uh, no, no, bro. No, it would be a it would be a Catholic workhouse. Would yeah, be the it would be. Yeah, it would be a nunnery. The the because the Catholic Church. I've I've said this to Steve a couple of times, but this this astounding statistic I found out one day was that the the, the Catholic Church had more people a larger percentage of the irish population in bondage during like the 19 like the early irish republic mm-hmm. um until like i think the 50s then stalin did in the gulags <laughs> it's it's fucking insane you Just also in, have- like magdalen laundries and like the the orphanages and stuff it was, it was crazy i feel like if i'm if i can i don't even know if i can pronounce it correctly but the kilmain kilmainham jail the kilmainham prison it's actually in Dublin. Yeah. I, I walked through there um, when we were there. Uh, that, I think, would be the equivalent of a gulag, because that place was just fucking just dreadful and dreary and so bad. I was like, wow, this sucks. Jeez. <laughs> fucking ripped to the guys that were imprisoned here. This sucks. Um, and he would say that during a, like, sort of the, uh, what he called the acmatic phases, where the the passionarity of a of an ethnic group reaches its maximum uh, heat. That that's when they, they sort of expand and make conquests. <laughs> they got a lot of um, heat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he described he would describe Western Europe um, as being um, as being in what's called deep inertia, uh, meaning that that they're sort of passing um, sort of towards the end of their their phase. Because remember, inertia is like the th- like the third from the the last. Yeah, they're so hot right now, but they're. They're going away, <laughs> um, but but he would but he would describe you know that the Arab world he would say on that their passionarity was was very high, according to him. Passionarity Why? is just such a such a it sounds like such a bullshit academia word. Why? Why is it high for the them? Passionarity the passionarity of Europe? the Visigoths. I thought the Middle I, East climaxed when they invented like algebra or whatever it is. Nah, dude. There. I mean. If you explore like the Middle East and like what they've discovered and what they pioneered prior to uh, other cultures, it's fucking crazy. That's what I'm saying. I thought they have already climaxed, and now we're looking at their. If you believe this crackpot theory, yeah, they've well, already I, climaxed, and they're on the well, way out. I think it's because of all the conflicts that would happen in the the Middle East. Um, I think that's the reason why he, he says that. He's like, oh, there's there's still they're they're still fighting wars. That that means that they're 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 still going strong. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. I mean, and, I have to twist my fucking brain into a goddamn pretzel to get the same kind of fucking thought process that this lunatic gets. But okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, and and uh, Gumilov, uh, he uh, he sort of uh, classifies Russians as a quote unquote super ethnos. Right. Um, and he sort of says that like Russians are kind of like Mongol- I would say that a better word for them is horny sad. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it takes a special kind of person to survive in Russia. I mean, the climate and everything yeah. else. It's yeah. It's so, horny, yeah, you, it's you horny be, sad. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, like, you might have, you might yeah. be marginally better than the average person on the planet, but, I mean, like, Uber? Nah. I don't know about better than, than the average person <laughs> on the planet, but it might be a little tougher. That's what I mean. Like, a little bit Oh, tougher. okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Not, like, overall better, but, like, a little bit tougher. Yeah, well, I mean, that's um, the, 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 like, unattributable quote that Russians are at their best when they're depressed. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and it's just, like, it is what it is, you know? Oh my god, I just had the greatest idea for a game. I'm sorry, Steve. I just had the greatest idea for a show. Bring some, like, rich suburbanite woman over to Russia and make her drive and put a dash cam in her car. Oh, dude. Perspective. (laughs) I've had the idea for that for years. The perspective game show. Just watch these people lose their fucking mind trying to drive in Russian streets like like the fucking roundabouts with no lights, no lane markings. Pick the most (laughs) ideologically aligned shithead that you know. And, and have them go into a situation that's antithetical. And just see how well they do. They fucking wilt. They buckle like are, a belt. You guys are just describing uh, 90 Day Fiance the other way. No, dude. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I have, no, no, I have no, no, no. sat through several seasons of 90 Day Fiance, and that show is an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> I like talking about wife's like, but okay. <laughs> it's it's abortion. If like that's the only anti-abortion I am because that shows an abortion. Like Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude! <laughs> Fucking the people on that show. It's just oh, I'm happy when they get together. You know, like when they stay together. But it's pretty much like one percent of the people I think stay together. So I have yeah. never watched an episode of Ninety Day Fiance. Truth be told, I've never. I like. I know the characters. And I know. Like. I, I understand the memes and stuff, but I've never actually. It's watched It's the that epitome show. of like, of like bad reality TV. Like bad in terms of like this is actively like damaging society to have this on TV. <laughs> to quote, <laughs> to quote uh, Joe Rogan of reality TV. To quote Keenan Thompson. To paraphrase or to fake quote Keenan Thompson when he is playing David Ortiz. Do you want to watch Ninety Day Fiance? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of my favorite SNL bits ever. Do you suffer from depression? Don't. (laughs) (laughs) Just just a word. Uh. Um, So, uh, Gumilev describes um, the 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 Russian like super ethnos um, because you have to remember for those who aren't familiar with Russian history, uh, the Mongols like conquered the the Russians. (laughs) Um, the The Mongols had actually conquered the the Russians. Um, and that the Russians were, were mostly like a client state of of the Mongols throughout like the Middle Ages, um, until they eventually like kick them out. But he says like no 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 this isn't actually like what happened. He just says it's sort of a consolidation of of like of power within this like super ethnos. Um, um, and he says that this is order. This is an order to oppose what he deems the destructive influences of of Catholic Europe. Um, that, that he believed would eventually that could possibly destroy uh, the the super Russian ethno group. Yeah, but Russians are Catholic, aren't uh, anyways? Aren't they? They're Orthodox. No, they're Orthodox. Oh, okay. Um, and so due to his um, due to his also his beliefs in this like uh, pan Asiatic uh, theories, he also supported the national movements of the the Tatars, the Cossacks, and and the other like Turkic peoples of Central Asia. Um, as well as those of, of Mongolians and, and other sort of uh, related peoples. Um, so because of that, a lot of his theories have a lot of uh, popularity in Central Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, uh, in, in, in the city of uh, uh, Kazan, 
in in Russia there is a uh, there's a monument to him that was erected in 2005. Hmm. Um, the, the historian That's Mark uh, Bassin, uh, Mark Mark Bassin uh, wrote of 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 Gumilov saying, uh, "Not a credible uh, theoretician, and his hypotheses are filled with inconsistencies, misunderstandings, and misapplications of the concepts he borrowed." Um, and so, but even though. Uh, a lot of a lot of this is obviously you know flawed and, and problematic um, that they've they've been very like popular uh, within the former Soviet Union. Um, one such uh, sort of adopter of his beliefs is this uh, is a other neo Eurasianist named Alexander Dugin. Um, Dugin be, sort sort of began his career as a as a neo Nazi um, in the eighties. Um, and eventually, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, he, he became what's called a um, an old believer. And the old believers are like sort of the the orthodox version of the Catholics who, who are mad about like Vatican II. Mm-hmm. Where he, he dresses... How dare like, they take away the Latin mass? <laughs> where he has like a big, big beard and he'll dress like all in black, like that level of like... Dude. Um, the, the old believers were actually persecuted during the czars and, and obviously persecuted under communism uh, because it, it was sort of like a, a schism that happened in the Orthodox Church around, like, I believe the 16th century um, over over essentially like the same bullshit that the that the Catholics and the Orthodox schismed over, you know, thousands of years ago over like what hand they're going to use to cross themselves and like what type of bread they're going to use. Hmm. Um, so anyways, he makes this book called The Foundation of Geopolitics, um, which sort of adapts this Eurasianist uh, sort of ideology um, to, to sort of form this this view of the world that's a clash between what he calls Eurasia, uh, which would be like Putin's Russia and, and the states that are allied with it, and um, Atlanticism, which he calls the, the decadent si- uh, societies of the West. Um, okay. And even though Dugan is not a member of the the United Russia Party, which is uh, Vladimir Putin's political party, um, he he has been an advisor uh, to the Russian government in the past, um, and his book has also been used in academic institutions and is still used um, as a as a textbook today. Okay. Um, a, a political scientist, um, Anton uh, Shikhovsov, um <laughs> Defines uh, defines Dugan's ideology as a form of fascist ideology centered on the idea of revolutionizing the, uh, the Russian society and building a totalitarian Russia-dominated Eurasian empire that would challenge and eventually defeat its eternal adversary, represented by the United States and its Atlanticist allies, thus bringing about a new golden age of global political and cultural uh, illiberalism. God damn, Atlanticist. That's when you just know someone's off the deep end. When they say the word Atlanticist? Yeah. Again, it sounds like another word just made up for some strange, awkward academic point. Mm-hmm. You're an Atlanticist. You probably still cool. think the Knicks are going to win in the NBA. <laughs> so this is one of the reasons why uh, you're still holding out for the magic. Um <laughs> You don't realize they're just set to take your money. They'll never win. Never. You Atlanticist. Enough about the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, uh, So, 
Well, it's all downhill uh, after Barry Bonds. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even though Fomenko's uh, ideas are, are somewhat uh, are, are are somewhat like crazy, um, in in even more so in a vacuum, you have to understand that it's also within this environment where there's there's a sort of Eurasianist uh, sort of movement going on, which is sort of like Russia's version of the alt right. Right, hyper nationalists like yeah, just these, these hyper nationalists people who believe in insane uh, conspiracy theories. Yep. Um, a and back to the sort of Fomenko, um, the things that he also gets wrong as, as well. For instance, is um, his his uh, his use of astrological charts um, as in like actual. Um, astronomy, not not astrological, as in like astrology. Right. Um, a, a, a professor uh, at the University of Utrecht, um, H. G. Uh, Van Buren, um, he concluded that uh, uh, this about Fomenko. One work. of the Van B boys. Yeah. They're the the meanest of all the street gangs in New York. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is surprising to say the least that a well-known Dutch publisher could produce an expensive book on such doubtful intellectual value of which the only good word that can be said is that it contains an enormous amount of factual historical material untidily ordered true. Badly written? Yes. Mixed up with conjectural nonsense? Sure. But still much useful stuff. For the rest of the book is absolutely worthless. It reminds one of the early Soviet attempts to produce a tenditious uh, science um, uh, Lysenko, um, of polywater, uh, cold fusion, and the modern uh, creationism, in brief, a useless, misleading book. Mm. And this is from his book, uh, is from his work, Mathematics and Logic. Whew. Strong, uh, strong take there. Um, in, in September of, in September of 2020, um, a, a major, uh, Ed Dames, yeah, Ed Dame was, uh, <laughs> he had remote viewed. He had remote viewed. He was viewed remote the, the viewing An- Ant- Anton Flamenco, whatever his name yeah. is, Anatoly. Yep. Anatoly. <laughs> um, a a Russian uh, politician and um, an academic at the Russian Academy of Sciences, uh, Sergei uh, Glazyev. Uh, publicly uh, proposed that Fomenko's new chronology was, quote-unquote, a reliable support for the formation of modern ideology that consolidates Russian society. Um, And he um, further says, uh, Fomenko's new chronology provides a good logical basis for restoring the historical memory of the Russian world. It fully fits both the scientific approach to the formation of a consolidating ideology, the construction of the image of the future of Russia, and the integral world economic order. So this was this was two years ago in an article penned by him, "Spirituality as an Economic Category," in the Voeno Indoschleni Courier newspaper. Whoa, 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 whoa! Keep that language out there. This <laughs> podcast is family friendly. We're already marked when, not safe for work on this one, Steve. I, maybe, I'm we're gonna have a talk after this episode, Steve. I've had it up to here with you and your Indoschleni. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered some of that on a sandwich the other day, and it was good. Oh it was God. very tangy. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I popped another Aldi beer, and since I'm a lightweight, I'm feeling it. 
There it is. This one has some like Slavic ass shit on it. Got like a stained glass on it. It's called Kristoffel. Does it uh does it have like the uh the fake Cyrillic um where it looks like Cyrillic but it's just, you know, uh the the Latin alphabet? It says on the side, it says haha got you Navalny. That's what it says on the side. <laughs> And guys, See, guys, I'm not no. feeling so good. <laughs> Let us know if your hair starts falling out. That's bad. Uh, that's uh-uh. all right. Well, I mean, I'm turning 40, so it's, you know, <laughs> that's already happening. Uh, whoops. <laughs> uh. Um, so, along with his um, archaeological work, um, that he, because remember from Edgar rejects all uh, commonly accepted uh, dating methods. Um, Does he do most- so with any like scholastic representation of a theory? Nah. Like anything, uh, or does it just say, this is not real? It, I would say that, and, and not to get off on the tangent, but it's sort of the same as people who don't trust like modern medicine. Oh, like the same people who are just Christ. like, well, well, yeah, you know, like, like aspirin comes from a tree. So, like, you should just use that instead of using the pill, because who knows what's in the pill? And oh it's like, no, they've just God. refined it down and made it better, and also probably added a coating so you can't overdose on it. Exactly. Exactly. There was this, um, there was this uh, comment on Reddit I read earlier today where there's, um, there's some hospital system in Arkansas, and if you want to take a religious exemption from getting the COVID vaccine, that you have to swear off all common medications because they use fetal cell lines. So, like, they, they say you have to sign a piece of paper that says you won't take Tylenol, Pepto-Bismol, Aspirin, Tums, Lipitor, Motrin, Ibuprofen, Maalox, Benadryl, like, pretty much any <laughs> medication. You have to sign a piece of paper that says you will not take any of these either. I fucking love it. Oh, I love it, dude. Fucking great. These schmucks. Because, for instance, uh, Fomenko claims uh, that... that uh, uh, dendrochronology doesn't doesn't work because he says there's too many gaps in the record, and he also gives a bad uh, a bad date for when it when it stops. Yeah, because um, he because he says it's only good until about like um, the the time he says where um, like civilization really started. Uh, but we can actually use dendrochronology um, to go back to uh, twelve thousand four hundred years in the past. Um. What is uh what is dendro- uh, d- dendrochronology? Dendrochronology is the use of uh, trees and plants ah, in, in order to make okay. a like a, a timeline of like what happened. It's like tree rings like, and shit like that. Yeah, oh, like okay. just just right. looking I buy at. That. Um, and he also says that um that because he also says you can't use radiocarbon dating. Well, what? that's that's a pretty common thing amongst morons. <laughs> That you, can't, that you can't use radiocarbon dating like at all. Let me guess, because it's inaccurate, huh? Because um, he says, because uh, he says uh, that you know it's it's inaccurate, but um, you can be accurate. Um, the 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 lack of like the the sort of it being wrong is only about up to um, uh, 163 years at the most for uh, 26,000 years of uh, of history. Hmm. Um, so, the, 
a lot of his a lot of his claims about things not working obviously don't don't actually like pan out and he also misrepresents um the the flaws in them right it's the the sam harris argument which is where you say something to sam harris and sam harris restates it incorrectly and then argues against the thing that he created incorrectly (laughs) 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 that's what he does he does it every time he argues with somebody it's hilarious And, like, it sounds really good. He's very well-spoken. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, so, for instance, uh, his his use of also the, the historical record is also incredibly flawed, um, even from a statistical standpoint, because uh, he doesn't actually um, use any sort of method to determine... Um, why they're why they're the same other than quote unquote um, importance. So uh, wait, that's hard to understand. So he doesn't use any method to say why they're same other than importance. Well, just saying like, well, this guy was this guy was obviously like important, and he reigned from for this many years, and this other guy who was also important, he also reigned from this like number of years. So they're obviously the same person. Oh my Jesus Christ. So, like, facile, specious conjecture, essentially. Just, like, suppo- the, the like most base supposing, and then just, like, drawn into, like, his logical end. Just fact, based on supposing. Because, because he says, for instance, that the, that the modern historical record has been so uh, distorted by, um, by, by sort of these, these Western... Uh, thinkers and and sort of academics that you can't really uh you you can't really uh use it as as well uh so that's the reason why he justifies you know him yeah that's just sort of grabbing willy-nilly that's pretty much like my favorite word in the last seven years has been the word specious which is that it's plausibly uh uh real but factually wrong so Uh, like, you could say it in a certain way, and it makes sense. And I even agree with the fact that uh, academics in certain localized regions fuck up history a lot, you know? Like, we've talked about on this podcast several times, we've talked about the educational systems in varying parts of the United States and how they present, like, the history of slavery, right? Just for, yeah. just for example. So, like, you can use that, just that, as a basis of your argument to be like, see, they're doing it, you know what I mean? And then it's like, but but let me tell you, this is what it is. And now you're a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> uh, That's what it is. What what? Correct me. <laughs> I mean, it's just that easy. It's just that fucking easy, bro. You got to be careful. For instance, um, he compares uh, Jesus and Pope Gregory the Seventh. Nice, as nice transition the, the from my person. joke. I, I appreciate um, that. <laughs> Jesus um, and Pope Gregory are the same person. Oh, you didn't know? Yes, but he. I'm done. He says, I'm out. Because, <laughs> for instance, uh, the evangelical uh, Jesus, it's believed that he lived about uh, 33 years, and he um, fucking hates liberals. I thought you were going to say 33 years ago. I was going to be like, because you were in Jinkos. <laughs> the evangelical Jesus fucking hates liberals. He loves country music. 
It's great. He loves guns. Loves guns. Big, you know, really big into the prosperity right. gospel. Turn the other cheek if you're out of ammo, maybe. You know. He told he, you know when he met with the apostles and and all the people you know when yeah. when they were doing the fishes and the loaves you know people forget his sermon about how he had a dream that they were going to build that new auditorium. He's not. That, uh, it's surprising, but he's not a big fan of Colin Kaepernick. I don't know why. It's like the <laughs> yeah, one the weird. the one sheep from his flock that he just lets go away. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so terrible. Anyway, um, enough about that. Enough about Pope Gregory. But but, but uh, Pope Gregory the Seventh uh, lived Fuck. for at least six lived for at least sixty years, um, and he was also born eight years after the death of one of the people that Fomenko claims was the equivalent of John the Baptist, uh, John uh, Crescentius. Hmm. So even even though when he's saying like ah oh, these these people are so similar like they're they're nothing alike. He's just saying, like, well, you know, Pope Gregory was a nice guy. Jesus was a nice guy. Obviously, they're the same guy. Okay. Um, And again, it's just a lot of uh, him using uh, things that he feels uh, match what he wants to say and ignoring things that don't. Of course. Um, And again, as we talked about, um, his use of... um, uh, of astronomy has also uh, been found to be very suspect. Um, for instance, according to an astronomer, Yuri and uh, Efremov, um, that you can use um, the dating of the uh, the Almagest star catalog. Um, that uh, that he's using it uh, very arbitrarily, um, and that that's how he's getting like his things. That, that if you actually look at the star chart, it's different from what he's saying. Okay. Sorry about that. I had to go deposit some of the Aldi beer back in the bottle. <laughs> back, back to the bottling plant. Uh. Um, so, like I said too, in the last episode, he ignores a lot of uh, he ignores a lot of astronomical uh, texts from the ba- uh, from Babylonia and, and other places because he feels that they don't uh, that they don't match what he's trying to say. Um, oh, instance, oh, okay. You don't say. <laughs> so he's anchoring. And, yeah. And Confirmation he complete, bias. He also completely ignores uh, Chinese records, which actual astronomers have pointed out are are accurate and do show what they what they say they show. So, uh, uh, an astronomer, F. R. Stevenson, um, he actually demonstrated through a systematic study of uh, Babylonian, um, ancient, and medieval European calendars or um, star charts and Chinese records of, mm-hmm. of eclipse observations um, that you can consistently date um, uh, the conventional chronology as far, at least as far back as 600 BCE um, comprehensively. Um, so he says that, because Fomenko says we're, we're missing centuries, well, Stevenson states that, um, that there's, a, there's an accumulated uncertainty in the timing of the rotation of Earth of about 420 seconds at 400 BCE, and only 80 seconds in 1,000 CE. Um, so we're, so we're, so we're missing a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I was going to say that we're missing white centuries, maybe. <laughs> like, maybe that's, oh like, his thing. We're missing just just the centuries that, that he cares about. 
But uh, well, I guess my only question would be, how do you explain birth records then that can go back and, and he physically document? He doesn't have to, though, Ryan. Like, he doesn't have to. He can just say that he doesn't trust those and throw those away. Because oh. they're obviously forgeries. And so that, that gets to why yeah. um, why he says that. that easy. <laughs> why, he, why he thinks that history has been falsified prior to 1600. Um, and so... Maybe in Russia... Yeah, because this would be a global. Because he's saying this is all over the world. It's not just in Russia. Yeah, yeah. Well, I understand. Um, I, I'm just saying he's stupid and myopic. So the main the main people that he feels are doing this or, or did this in the past was the the Vatican, uh, the Holy Roman Empire. Again, I agree um, with both of those. And, but. and the uh, the pro German uh, Romanov dynasty. Uh royals. I'll definitely take into account there. I mean, I, again, it's, specious arguments require some factual basis, and they were probably playing fast and loose with the facts in every one of those areas, right? Mm-hmm. But as far as, like, his theory, it's like, nope, you fucked up. <laughs> you asked a good question, um, but you fucked up. And and because it's uh, Russo-centric, it, it sort of gains popularity for that reason. Right, that's um, why Kasparov's into it. Yeah, Um and while it's not um, anti-Semitic, um, it's, it's obviously, you know, problematic for Jewish people um, because it says, for instance, you know, that the Old Testament is newer than the New Testament um, and it places uh, Jerusalem and Constantinople. Um, and it also uh, sort of projects stereotypes of, of Jews by, by essentially saying that they were originally <laughs> the bankers of the Russian horde. Oh, my God. He's an anti-Semite. And, and had adopted uh, Judaism. Which he said was a derivative of Christianity, not the not the other way around. Oh you know, my Christ- god! <laughs> Are you serious? That sounds like a revelation on a Joe Rogan episode, like that hamburger thing that was going around, bro. You gonna tell me hamburgers aren't made out of pork? Because it says it says <laughs> ham right in the word. Jamie, look, right Jamie, look it up. Look this shit up. Oh my god. Oh my god. They're made out of. They're not made out of pork. The Old Testament. You're telling me it's not old. The New Testament's old, and the Old Testament's new. What's going on? Yeah. Whoops. Of course, the Jews are the bankers too, because you might as well just take that stereotype to the bank. Pun intended. Mm-hmm. Oh, the my, God. Um, my my favorite uh, my my favorite uh, summation of his uh, of his beliefs, and, and a lot of these Eurasianist beliefs, is that they they've been compared to uh, to Tolkien's uh, work. Mm-hmm. That they are thousands of pages written about uh, have been written about it, and authors address a wide range of of, eje- of objections um, to to what's written in it. Explain that a little bit further. Like, is is I, yeah. I know Tolkien's problematic in some circles, but in that in that it's essentially it's a it's a fantasy world that people exactly like to, okay. Uh, I thought that's where to, you're going to All argue right. to argue about. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I got you. I, I don't think I don't think uh, they meant that it's like uh, that. Like the material within it is objectionable. Right. Just that like people love to like it's, argue. Like their college. It's like the their a- college courses taught about it. Yeah, it's like the atheist argument where it's like I believe in the Lord of the Rings and I believe in Gandalf and the fucking Maiar and all that stuff. <laughs> What's the difference between your Bible and my Bible? <laughs> um, Nothing. So uh, Fomenko's uh, work, he's published and sold over uh, one million copies of his books um, in Russia, um, and that there are internet forums uh, dedicated to to sort of uh, of working on his theory through amateur research. You know, the internet forum's interesting to me, because as a goon, 
and I'm, I'm a baby. I'm a baby goon. As a goon, as he pushes up his glasses. <laughs> I'm a baby goon, but like as a goon and someone who is a member of several other internet forums, it is kind of a unique thing, right? Like in history, there's no. Is there an analog to such a concentrated level of shit in one location that's locked uh, down by farms. logins? Reddit. <laughs> Kiwi Farms. Kiwi Farms is like the worst thing online ever. Reddit. <laughs> like the idea... Reddit was great when it first came out because it was it was really nice for like discourse and things like that. But once, again, once the majority of people go to a platform, it gets destroyed. Like it just gets, mm-hmm. it just gets annihilated. But ki- yeah, Kiwi Farms should be... Kiwi Farm should be federally investigated and shut down. Like it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it is unfucking believable um, how bad it is. It's basically docs.com. I mean, it's like it's like yeah. the worst thing ever. But no, I'm I just saying say, like, like Kiwi Farms and anybody who visits Kiwi Farms should be nuked from space. But I feel like I would be caught in the crossfire just by knowing who Kiwi Farm or knowing what Kiwi Farms is. Bro, you log like, into- I feel like I would be collateral damage. Me and all the Kiwis <laughs> yeah. that know about Kiwi Farms would be collateral no, damage. No, you'd be all right. By the way, I don't recommend anyone goes to Kiwi Farms. I mean, we directly fucking kind of made it happen. Lotax kicking them all off the forums. Yeah, but it was probably a right move by Lotax. Like, which is... It's the domino effect. You see the meme of the domino? Yeah. Everybody always starts it with Harambe gets killed. I'm like, (laughs) no. (laughs) This fucking idiot out in Missouri decided to start an internet for. (laughs) Oh, my God. But no, I'm just saying, like internet forums devoted to like these single topics that have hundreds of devoted uh users it's it's a very interesting thing to me just the idea of of how isolated they get yeah well i would i would say the the most comparable thing to this is is what we're seeing now is that is that this is sort of like the Russian version of like the the Q conspiracy oh, and a lot of these okay. other conspiracies that Eurasianism is sort of like a big tent uh, conspiracy theory and while um and and while like just just people like becoming interested in this um is is not really like that bad it's not dangerous like, like, sort of inter- it's it's not dangerous but it becomes dangerous over time because they begin to be um, they, sort of indoctrinated into they it. They begin to shoot builds. up pizza parlors, <laughs> thinking yeah. that they're, they're <laughs> pedophile rings. Is that over time, um, you, you sort of like buy into this, and because once you stop believing um, one thing, um, you, you, you sort of go stronger into believing the, the other. Yeah, if you, there's a, in cognitive psychology, if you break anchor, like in other words, if you your first opinion about something generally holds the most weight, um, but if you break that anchor in some way, if something's so heavy to you that you end up changing your opinion, it can be, like, impossible to get you off that one. Yeah. Like, once, you, once you've once you shifted position, it's it's almost impossible to get you to go back. Like, you think about it from, like, someone who's left the, the Catholic Church, right? Like, someone who leaves the Catholic Church. They were anchored into that, and then finally they just they broke anchor. Very few of those people go back to the church. Yeah. You know, it's just mm-hmm. one example. Hi. <laughs> hi. Yeah, hi. Hello. Right here. Right here. <laughs> Hello. Because um, one thing I would say that it's it's comparable to is um, the flat earth conspiracy. I'll go, I'll go to like uh, like Christmas mass for my mom and like take communion just as like a joke, you know, mm-hmm. just because well, she feels better about it. But like, you know, just kind of like, hey, Jesus, what's up? <laughs> I didn't go to confession yet. I'm eating your body. <laughs> But uh, so, as as I was saying, it's sort of comparable to the flat Earth uh, conspiracy theory 
because while on its while its head it just seems like stupid and um and and harmless but you have to realize that the heart of the of the flat earth conspiracy theory is anti-semitism because it's not just about like oh well well i think the earth is flat and like prove me wrong what what essentially goes to is that well the earth is the earth is actually flat but why why are we just finding this out and it's like oh because people have changed it and then you start be- believing you know well there's this conspiracy that's that's plotting to, to sort of do this but right. who's behind the conspiracy and it's the the jews and in the it's case larry, of the and it's larry of david yeah it's, yeah, it's larry, larry david is he's sitting at the head of like the jewish council <laughs> it's always some ridiculous thing you know, like there has to be some something there that's gonna uh, that's gonna celebrate it. Actually, it brings up a good point. Is like people do a, they go to that flat Earth thing, kind of like ah, oh, the guy's just an idiot. But then, yeah, the the next question of the flat Earth thing, if you're doing it correctly, is not to disprove them. It's to ask them, well, why? Why? And then if you ask them why, and they go straight to the Jews, it's like ah, oh, gotcha, gotcha, motherfucker. <laughs> Well, that's that's one of the things too that like it, it gets omitted in a lot of things. Like there's a there's this like a documentary on Netflix that's about like these different believers in flat Earth, and like it and like two of them have like this romantic relationship, and the one guy who's like a who's like a weirdo, um, who's been like he, he can't go around schools because the the schools have like um, he he's been arrested for like going around and handing out like flat Earth literature. Oh to, my to children. god! But he has this book. And it is like heavily like, like got post-it notes in it, and it's like very obvious that he's like read it repeatedly, and he he studies from it. Um, and what they don't bring up is that like it's an incredibly like anti-Semitic like book. It's not even <laughs> like dog whistle anti-Semitic. Protocols like of the Elders of Zion. Yeah. I got this original Henry Ford copy of the Protocols of Zion. My F one fifty original. My F one fifty doesn't have any Jewish parts in it. Light it on fire and listen to the gnashing of teeth of all the white supremacists as you burn it. Oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> um, and and at the heart of Eurasianism, while there is some sort of, um, I, I would call light um, anti-Semitism, um, the main the main target of the conspiracy and, and the sort of belief is sort of like Western liberal society. Um, so it, when I say liberal, I don't mean like. Like, like, sort of like it, it, in what mainstream American political sense, I mean in the sense of, like, a society that seeks to um, treat people equally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're usually democratic. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons Reality why... Reality has a liberal you know, bias. Well, you know, Vladimir Putin, while he is not himself probably a Eurasianist and he's not, um, like, a full-on adherent of this, he likes this because, one, it gives him, like, a blank check to, to sort of, like, bring sort of like try to rebuild the former Soviet Union. And it also sort of redirects uh, the Russian people's um, anger and suspicion towards the West as opposed to internally. The people um, who are because, minded that way, sure. Like nationalists and people who are tend to nationalize. And it, and it sort of also fosters, you know, a sense of like, what aboutism? Uh, like, yeah. like yeah, yeah, like Putin's yeah. bad, but... You know these 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 lines. What about it? What, what about if these other people took? To, yeah. What about what about America? Look at that. Food's bad, but what about George Soros? <laughs> <laughs> He's single-handedly ruining the entire world, Mr. Soros. He could barely get out of bed in the morning without a shot of Metamucil and cocaine, but he's he's ruining the world. 
I like when you when people start you know throwing around George Soros. You know, you kind of ask He's a why. Like, yeah, like oh, you know, he was he like helped the Nazis world. Bro, the, he was nine. Yeah, he was like nine years old. Not yeah. to mention he's about. not to mention he's like an egalitarian who's done like tons yeah. of actual good, like fucking yeah. tangible good. Yeah, like he can't he like physically can't give his money away fast enough because we constantly talk about you know your money makes its own money. It's it, it, the guy's he's just it's just a very easy boogeyman to say. Oh, George Soros. Yeah. I would like to put like ten octogenarians in a line and just to see if anybody could pick out who George Soros actually was. The uh, the the Koch brothers too are much worse, but they they don't talk about them. Yeah, nah. Why well, should say not. the Koch the Koch brother? The brother, There's yeah, because yeah, one, one of them's dead. Rest <laughs> in peace. Yeah. Thank God. One more to go. <laughs> and so that gentleman is the new chronology and a wider thing into Eurasianism and. Sort of the the gateway of of conspiracy, uh, conspir- conspiratorial thinking. Man, I'll tell you what, we could probably just change the entire show to episodes about that because there's so many different like mm-hmm. you know subjects yep. about that. But it, to me, it's it's kind of like anti-Russian to be that stupid. Like, because Russians seem to me, I've, I only know a few Russian people, but they they also. You know, they do take part in a little too much stuff sometimes. They stereotype. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is. But at the same time, they seem to be like a pragmatic people, similar to Polish people that I know. Big, big, big fan of the Polish people uh, that I know anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's like odd to me that like the whole, a whole like million people have bought a book that is essentially just nonsense. And yeah. just they're buying into it. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It makes perfect sense to me that Putin's using it as a platform in some way, because it's the same way Ron DeSantis writes the coattails of one doctor to prove his point. I really want to see Trump just run for fucking Florida governor and just primary DeSantis. I would, I would be okay yeah. with Trump being governor just to see DeSantis just get absolutely just fucking shit on. Well, Trump, Trump actually said one thing that I totally agree with, and I, you know, he's a piece of shit. I, I can't stand the man. I'll never vote for him, but uh, he did say, "Go get your vaccines." He said that. Yeah, because somebody said, "Hey, you're killing off your base." No, because he's vaccinated. Because <laughs> he's vaccinated, just like well, all of them. DeSantis is vaccinated. His wife's vaccinated. Everybody's vaccinated. They're, they're all dumb. full of shit. No better. They're all they full of better. shit. It's yeah. a culture war thing. It's oh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's culture war. Just oh, like the great flamenco. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> just like the great flamenco. All right, and with that, evening. Evening. Good night. Good luck. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>